Hey everybody, welcome back to the Think Education podcast. Um, joined, I'm Chris Hill, joined by uh, Judith Lammy as always. Today we are going to talk about, uh, I guess, some of our recent uh, conference experience. Um, both you and I have been at conferences in, well, actually in the countries where we reside, which I guess is, is relatively um, uh, unusual, maybe. Um, um, but um, you, at the time of recording, how many days is it since you attended um, the UK Unit Conference? Is just a couple? Uh, that was on uh, Monday and Tuesday of this week, yes, and it's Friday. Okay, so by the by the time of going live, it'll be it'll have been Monday and Tuesday of the, the previous week, I guess, right? Um, that's right. Um, that's right. Yes. And I was at COP twenty eight, I guess, just a few days before you were at your conference. So the what will have been sort of a weekend or two to ago. Um, so we thought. I mean, it seems like you know we get a lot. I mean, I personally am enjo- really enjoying these sort of tales from the the conference circuit and. Yes. Uh, um, you know, and then, you know, living in the moment, but also reflecting on, on things as they, as they happen. And also that thing where you're sitting and going, oh, I'm, this is going to be something I can talk to Judith about. <laughs> you know, this is, this yeah. is, this is a good panel. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, this is, this is fodder for conversation down there. And then you realize, hang on, I think somebody asked me a question. <laughs> you think, um, yes, sorry, yeah, I was I thinking about a podcast. <laughs> I'm on the stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've never been to a cop, um, conference Chris so I'm really interested though to hear what what that was like and and I and I don't know whether you also then you could sort of set the scene for us a little bit in terms of you know how it was how it was structured and and what your element therefore as part of it was yeah like. I'll try um I, it's my first one too so I, I've I've not and I have no previous um, uh, COP experience. Uh, so COP28 was hosted uh, here in Dubai um, at the Expo site, um, which uh, is... So uh, from from one perspective, the, you know, the main theme of, of COP is about sustainability. So it's obviously very interesting to see it being held in uh, a place that was so bespoke for Expo. Obviously, you know, Dubai's um, trying to convert that space into other activities so um there are now apartments you can buy in the region and the expo villages you know so they they run a lot of events in and around that that sort of public space um you know there's often that conversation about well what happens to olympic villages you know post olympics and and how do cities and countries make use of of those and or give them back to the community so that was interesting um and i've been i had been to expo uh, many times um, while it was on, um, so you know I'm sort of relatively familiar with the uh, the geography of that, but it's big. So going to a conference that is in effectively almost what what's a town, right? Because it's it covers an enormous amount of space. Wow. There's all these different buildings. So it, that was a really different experience. I think almost every other conference I've ever been to is, is physically, you know, it's, it might be in a building of a university or it might be in a, in a hotel is it, or, I mean, some of the big conference centers, fair enough, where, you, you know, the, 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 I mean, I've been to going globals where, you know, you're in big spaces, but it's all in kind of one building. Um, this was, yeah. this was just huge. And I think, I don't suppose you don't tend to, there's different zones in the expo. And so, you know, you have passes to different like green or blue, et cetera. So 
you could potentially not really get the sense of the scale. If you'd never been to Expo before and you stayed in one zone, you know, you were sort of walking, you know, 10 metres, 20 metres between buildings. But if you understand the sort of geography of the place, it's like, wow, this is, you know, this is huge. And so from that perspective, um, I attended a very small amount of it, right? I was, I was in a few buildings, in a few rooms. And even in those rooms or those buildings, there's multiple parallel sessions, so that the sheer logistics of what was going on is, I think, beyond the scope of what you can reasonably take in. Um, so and, how do you even know what's going on? Do you, is, yeah. there a, is there an app? Is oh, yeah, there yeah. a book? Is there, yeah, yeah. No, there's a, there there's, a series of books? There's an app. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, no, there's, there's um, um, the, the logistics and the structure of it was, it was incredibly well coordinated. So, um everything's digital, you know, you've got digital passes to enter. Um, I, I was sent, I think, for one session I was doing on one evening, I was sent maybe 12 emails reminding me, you know, location, timing, <laughs> link, you know, yeah. um, um, where you should park, how, you know, and, and equally saying, you know, ideally you should take the metro, you know, it's more sustainable, you know, and sort of, um, but mm. you, you, you tended to get a little bit more sort of tunnel vision because you, you simply can't take in everything. Like there's, there's just that many parallel parallel sessions um so you you often sort of were in zones or 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 even you know you stayed in this building and there was multiple multiple things sort of going um going back to back um or indeed in parallel obviously because you know just the the sheer amount of volume of material i guess um Mm. and so what i was part of uh, a panel on the saturday afternoon our time dubai which was a little unusual so it was a little unusual for COP, I think. So um, uh, it was coordinated by Dr. Zenith Reza Khan, um, colleague of mine at University of Wollongong, um, Dubai. She's been on the podcast before. Um, she's the president of the uh, Integrity Center here in the, the UAE. And she put together this panel, which included colleagues from Middlesex University, um, uh, from Wollongong University, um, myself from uh, the British University in Dubai, um, a colleague from the Mohammed bin Rashid uh, School of Government um, and a colleague from the from Sharjah College uh, and two students, one of which was a university student and one was a high school student, which is that was that was very interesting. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. And the, the, the title of the, uh, the panel was uh, Academic Integrity for Sustainable Climate Change. And. It was one of those things when I remember looking at it and thinking, I'm not really sure how this fits. Like, I'm, you know, it's a lot of words in a in a thing. And I'm like, I'm not sure yeah, yeah. how it how it works. And I mean, obviously, it was accepted by COP and it, it you know, it was in um, in the Ministry of Education uh, pavilion. Um, and we were it's try- almost like they're trying to entice everybody yeah, into it by yeah. putting all the keywords, all, all, all the buzzwords in one go. Um, climate change. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, Zenith put together a great panel, which, uh, and in particular, you know, organized the panel really well where, you know, she was talking, she first got policy, people involved in policy to talk about, you know, the, the, the value of integrity in research and, and the value of um, uh, integrity in data. So what it is that universities, the role universities have in, in protecting data and, you know, analysing data and, and using data in the public, public sphere and, and how that can impact in, in policy. And she turned to students to ask them to think about, you know, how integrity and academic values are taught at a, at a young age at high school and at university. And, and you know, and then she talked to um, uh, teachers about 
um, their role in the classroom. And then she turned to um, um, colleagues talking about, well, what role do universities have in terms of um, teacher training and, and development? And there was a, a, a conversation around connecting the academic integrity and values and, and what it is we teach and how we teach and how we as universities uphold these types of things and how that balances with society which is so um, competition driven and you know and, and the, the conversation with or the link was made between you know if you if you have um, somebody going through schooling and going through university who's who's always looking at you know I'm always trying to get an A I'm trying to get 100% I'm not allowed to fail you know I'm always reporting the best you know, that's my focus that person when that person he or she becomes a CEO of a company are they going to be honest in reporting, you know, their um, impact on the environment or are they going to be more focused on, well, this is what I've been taught and this is how, you know, I win at this game effectively. Um, and so, you know, I shouldn't, obviously it's, it's never a very good idea to doubt Zenith and she, she linked it all, you know, very, very well through her, through her chairing of the panel. Um, and, uh, and so it became just a really interesting conversation. I mean, I was the last one on the panel to be, asked a question and and I managed to talk about IB learner values at you know at my daughter's school um I talked about you know the need to basically abolish all grades at university um I think I quoted Winston Churchill I mean it was kind of a, a really sort of eclectic uh conversation but but really really fascinating to be part of a, a panel which on the surface yeah as you say looks like it's well, we've got 12 buzzwords, let's stick them, you know, in an order. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, to really think about the role, not just a university, because we obviously were talking about education more broadly, but the role that education has um, and formalised education has in society and societal development. You know, what, you know, how we think of information and how we, how we trust information and how we interrogate information um, and then how we prepare people for the world, um, you know, and that, that conversation about problem solving, that conversation about skills, the conversation about impact that we've had, you know, for, for many conversations over the conversation about grades, you know. Um, and so, yeah, it was, a, it was a really, you know, really interesting conversation, which, um, um, and we had a full house and audience. Um, so it was, you know, it was, that, that went well. Well, I was going to ask you about the audience, actually, what kind of, what was the audience like? Because it, it, it is such a, yeah. it's a broad topic, isn't it? There's yeah. so much going on. You must have so many different people from different different sectors. Because very often, you know, in in the kind of conferences we might go to or academic conferences, there, there might be large ones that then sort of filter down to certain areas. But, but by and large, you've got people of an ilk. Yeah, yes. from yeah. certain types of the sect whereas I imagine something like this you've got people from all walks of life did. who do in, in which case how do you pitch it yeah. and I suppose also then what do you do after it if indeed you do anything after it yeah no I mean we we had I think the audience probably in a way reflected the panel you know in that we had we actually had some students in in attendance um one of uh, a high school student asked a asked a question which is always you know really refreshing to to be on the other end of that type of conversation that was that was really interesting um and no we, we had we had sort of 
policymakers, we had um, we had some teachers, and, I, and I'm sure we had some people who, you know, had wandered in because we were in between, you know, the session before and the session after that they were they were interested in, you know, but given the scope of of what was going on in the conference. Um, um, but I mean, we tried to, you know, we tried to, or we ended up pitching it at a what we think certainly from my reflection was a practitioner perspective. Like it was a very reflective, you know, we're, we're not trying to couch this in, in, you know, overly complex language or, um, you know, certainly not in theory. It was more a case of, well, practically this is what we do in the classroom and practically this is what students, you know, have lived through. And, you know, and from that perspective, I mean, we had, we had more questions than we had time, which obviously is a, is a, is a good thing. Um, and then that sort of led to conversations as, as it often does, you know, in the sort of the foyer areas, um, uh, outside um yeah no it was it was a it was an interesting experience um um yeah as you say a lot of acad a lot of academic conferences are i mean more rigid probably not the right word but they're more sort of formulaic right because they are they are yeah. you know structured against a certain a certain way and this was just yeah it was just a really interesting conversation um i mean most of us on the panel knew each other already or, or certainly you know you know, sections of us knew each other. So, um, so that was nice and relaxed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose though, from that point of view, you know, the reason I'm asking about the audience as well is also it's, it's then how you gauge what you're going to say yourself. Don't, don't yes. you? Because as I say, if you're, if you're at a T&E conference or a, a conference on international higher education or the kind of ones that we often, we often go to, um, there's also just a common level of understanding about various things yes. that you don't, that you just know that people know, so you don't have to actually either explain them. You know, you've just got that common level of knowledge, haven't you? It's like, it's like not being a bit at a beginner level in language. Yeah. You know, you're already sort of all intermediates, so you don't have to go back to saying, hello, my name is, and that kind of thing. Um, so, but, um, but in, in one way, though, I suppose, because therefore you do... You, you do sort of share that knowledge sometimes it probably means that that the discussion is a little blinkered in some ways because you're not getting comment from people who will yes. just send you something totally sort of left of field where you're like i haven't even thought of it like that yeah yeah which is the interesting thing when you bring all different people together i suppose isn't it yes absolutely um and a few of the questions that we had were they were very genuinely practical questions, you know, sort of, well, you know, almost like, well, what are you going to do in your classroom tomorrow about this? You know, rather than, yes. you know, well, theoretically yeah. speaking, it's like, no, 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 that's all well and good. And, and when yeah. you go to work yeah. tomorrow, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So from, from that perspective, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it made me very much think about, um, the discussion we had on a on a previous session when you you were talking um, about the going global uh, panel where the audience was a part of the experience um, and you're sort of crowdsourcing you know information and it's it's more of a of a dialogue and and from that perspective it's you don't know what somebody's going to ask you now at the same time you're also not there on the panel or at least we were not there on the panel being interrogated for our own institutional position we are there having a conversation about something that impacts everybody in the room and we are we are not in a position where we think we have the right answer 
um, or we're trying to defend a position. We're, we're simply, you know, and from that perspective, it's quite freeing because you, you are genuinely just sort of thinking about things or trying to think about things or trying to reflect about things um, and learn as much from the questions as, as from the other. Now, I was, the, as I said, I was the last speaker, um, which uh, I remember sort of earlier in my career, um, I always wanted to be the first because, you know, if you've got something to say, you don't want somebody else to have said it. You know, you want to get, you know, yes. your, and unequally, you want to get your point and then you're sort of, you're sort of done. And then I remember this thing at conferences where, you know, I had that transition at one point in my career where, you know, you'd figure, oh, I, you maybe at one point I asked, I asked a question that, that sounded like it was a good question, or at least it was a question that, you know, sort of prompted somebody to say and answer it. And then, you know, a few years later, you get to the point where you're actually saying things that are helping to dictate the conversation throughout the conference, you know, because, you know, as, as you, as you progress and you, you're sort of chairing sessions, you're, you know, you're, you're more involved in the themes you, you feel, you know, and, and now I think about that point where, I mean, I hadn't prepared anything when I went in and I, I, was asked a question and I was essentially answering by reflecting on what the other five people had said, because yeah. that, that seemed to me, uh, you know, more honest and more true to the, what we were trying to do as an experience rather than, you know, cause that's the thing we're not, we're not presenting an institutional position. We're, we're simply up here to talk about our engagement with this. And, and, and that's the thing, if you're actively listening to people and you think, Oh, actually I, I hadn't thought about that. I'm going to try and relate that to, you know, what it, what it is I'm thinking. Um, and that makes it, I think that just makes it really enjoyable. Yeah. I think that makes it much more interesting as well for the audience, you know, so you're not just sitting there all saying your little bit that you've prepared earlier and therefore it doesn't make any difference what somebody else has just said. <laughs> yes. Actually, therefore, as an audience member, well, not only is it more interesting, you also have to listen. You do. You, you do. Don't quite, you don't know where it's going. And you also have to listen if you're on the panel, which, of course, you know, you should be doing. Yes. But uh, it, but it does mean that if you're engaged and you're engaging the audience, it's much more of an active process, isn't it? And it's the kind of process, I suppose, that we're all trying to encourage in classrooms and lecture rooms, yeah. seminar rooms as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good thing that... Um, yeah, no, so, I mean... Well, I'd... probably the... Um, probably the... the uh, the conference that I was attending, I did. I attended a couple this this week, um, and I hosted one of them. But I'll, we'll we'll talk about the the first one um, today. Um, and this was the um, UK uh, ENIC ENIC uh, conference that they have yearly in uh, in London. And this is the UK's uh, National Information mm. Centre. So it's all about sort of. The recognition and evaluation of um, international qualifications and, mm-hmm. and skills, um, and and so, in a sense, not not the opposite of what you were just saying, <laughs> um, but but certainly different. Uh, in that it you know it, it very much is um, is focused on looking at you you might look at um, the subject in a very broad way, looking at you know the the education landscape and indeed the session that I was part of the panel on you know the title of that session was you know the the future of international higher education so it was quite broad yes um but with a view to you know the people in the audience by and large were um people from academic institutions mostly universities I guess the universities colleges 
um, uh, but from the admissions teams. So particularly looking at it from an admissions, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, perspective. Um, so there were there were a few people, such as myself, such as yourself, who were there. But by and large, it was a much more focused discussion. So some of the discussions that there were across the conference, and some of the smaller sessions and and workshops were practical workshops. So you know. This change has come in with regard to recognition of a qualification. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. So the person that was asking these questions, you know, the cop would have been delighted at this one because they'd have actually had some concrete. This is what's going to happen new, you know, from next week because this change has taken place. Whereas, uh, but but also I think what they tried to do in the, the conference is to have some larger plenary sessions mm-hmm. that do... Um, Therefore, to just try and set all of the sort of the practical activity that is what's happening in admissions offices, etc., into the broader higher education landscape. You know, so, all right, I'm doing this and this is my job within this area. But what actually is happening out there? And, and, and maybe as well, then, why are these changes yeah. taking place? So, so it was... Um, so it was really interesting. It's the first time I'd been to the, the conference and, and so I was delighted when they asked me to join the panel. Not least because it was it was um it was chaired by a friend of the Think Education podcast, uh Fabrizio. Ah yes. Um Chifero. So um so it was great to, to see Fabrizio uh in person as well and try and make him run round and you know keep us keep us on the straight and narrow when he's trying to make us stick to the topic in hand. Um, <laughs> but but, it, but the structure of it, and then interestingly, was, was um, as you were just, though, um, uh, describing in terms of what you did in your session, uh, the, the session itself was structured in such a way that there were two, two, two people from very different areas, a lady called Ellen um, Hazelcorn, uh, who's now in international higher education, consultant um, and gentleman called Libin Wang, who works for UNESCO, both gave, well, what was meant to be 10-minute mm-hmm. provocative sort of talks about um, about where they saw the international higher education landscape going. And they ended up in about 20 minutes or so each, as is all the, yeah. always the case. But the session itself was not a, it's not a criticism of them because it was a massive question. Um, but the session was ninety minutes, so we we were always going to have plenty of plenty of time to discuss. And then on the panel, uh, there was myself, obviously from Swansea University, but again with the hat on uh, in terms of having been in higher education for a long time, and you know, kind of things that we've been doing in in the podcast, writing the books, etc. Uh, Janet Ilieva. Uh, from Education Insight that many of our listeners will know very, very well. Um, and um, and also Geoffrey uh, Williams, who's the CEO of uh, Enrolling, uh, particularly that, uh, that look at um, you know, how we bring in students into universities, etc. So very, sort of very focused there in terms of, of what we might do on the admissions side. And so we... So we would listen, we listened to the two talks and then Fabrizio sort of had prepared some questions, they were, they were invited questions from the audience, but also then we were meant to give our sort of five minute reflections on what people had just said. Yeah. 
Um, and and a little bit like you've you've said actually. So there was some very interesting stuff in terms of the content. Mm. I mean, some big questions out there like, don't we really have to change the whole model of higher education if we're going to be able to? Yep fund it if we're going to be able to deliver what we really need in the future and we're still delivering it in a way that we've been doing for the last 200 years possibly we might have to think about do we make some changes you know and um so and we did we we didn't come to any conclusions whatsoever but you know that was one thing that was raised by both living and um ellen there were there were discussions around um skills shortages Mm -hmm certain you know parts of the world in in particular you know the role of um trans, uh, uh, vocational education uh and quite actually though a sort of polarized opinion on that with ellen sort of seeing it very much as you know it is is tvet and, and areas of vocational education sort of disappearing now is it going universities aren't doing this and that they're, they're focusing on other areas to others who who felt that actually it seemed to be going in the opposite direction in many places, and there was a strong mm-hmm. vocational push just because that of of particularly you know employability been so high on the agenda. Yeah. You know, um, companies and businesses been involved. There's there's things such as the degree apprenticeships that you've got in in the in England in in the UK. So so we were talking about things such as that, and and the shift in um, Libing talked a little bit about. Um, sustainability and sustainable development goals and the responsibility of of universities and colleges to be mindful of their planet and you know the, the whole climate change sustainability agenda and how might we be doing that to to um almost the resurgence and re-emergence of the the educational hub and the international branch campus and as we've talked about that a number of times before you know um something that looked as though it was starting to be on the wane slightly. Mm-hmm. And then, particularly during COVID, you know, the value of, of actually having physical bases and or partnerships that are yep. really sort of mature yeah. all over the globe really came to the forefront, you know, whether that was going to be a shift in perspective. And, and, and I think it was interesting really having the three of us on the panel looking at it from very different angles, you know, you know, Jeffrey very much from, you know, bringing AI into the conversation. What's the power of AI? What can what can be done? You know, what what does a what does a human being really actually one hundred percent have to do, and what don't they have to do? And therefore, we can get something else to do it, so that the human being can can be left to do what they really need to do. Sort of conversation um, to Janet, who has always got not only all of the data at her fingertips. I'm always impressed with Janet and her ability to be able to go down to the yeah. nth percentage of something when you're talking about it. To, to me, um, I suppose just adding slightly different perspective, and I guess also the perspective of somebody that's worked in the higher education sector for for a long time and and brought in a number of the things that we've talked about. You know, not only in our latest books, but on this podcast around identity. You know, around what it means to be a university and mm. and the the impact that that the lock, the lockdown had us in COVID, the opportunity for us to reflect on who we were, but also what was the purpose of our roles, etc., and how that maybe was something that either we'd not forgotten, but are we 
are we starting to slip back how we used to do things because changing things is just a little bit too complex yeah so it was really i i think for the audience um and it was quite there was a it's a, it's a decent size it was i suppose it was only there was only two sessions then going on at that time the other one was a bit slightly smaller so this was more of a, a plenary session um and i and in many ways it was an it was probably um opportunity for the audience to watch people having a conversation about it yeah, yeah. as opposed to get they didn't get as involved I felt as as they would have done let's say had we been in an international higher education conference where some of them would have been itching to ask a yeah. question or make a yeah, comment yeah. they just seemed to be all sort of sitting there uh, listening it seemed to be interested you know but um and and I think therefore it was good that we had you know, and, um, and Fabrizio did this really well, you know, that you had different perspectives and different ways in which you could look at things and, and discuss things and say there were no no answers given except, I suppose, just the main point that you absolutely can't go backwards. Things have moved on now. Technology's moved on. We've all moved on and you can't stop using it. And And, and even if you wanted to, new generations the generation now but new ones coming simply won't let us (laughs) so whatever we might want to do for the people that that at the moment are running places at the age and levels that they they are you know we have to be embracing this change and work out a way forward together collectively so it was it was an an interesting one from that point of view in in that in many ways it was a it was quite a focused audience and a, and, a, and a focused discussion knowing that that there were a lot of people there that had expertise as i say around admissions procedures and around qualifications and recognition and there was the inevitable question about about that there's mm. been big changes sure. as you will know across across england in particular with the with the uh, office for students the ifs now taking over from qia in terms of the uh, recognition for for transnational programmes, which has had something of a, an effect, let's say, across <laughs> Europe in particular. Yeah. We recognise the QAA and don't know who the OFS are. Um, so there were some practical questions around how and why one sometimes does those kind of things. Um, to to those broader, you know, those broader comments and reflections um, that we all might have at this time. So, but it was so it's an interesting. For, for me, certainly personally, a different sort of dynamic to the ones that I would ne- necessarily have been part of were it a UKI conference or a Going Global conference where, you, you know, you've got a, a commonality of yeah. knowledge in the audience. You, you, as I say, you sort of know, mm. you know, roughly where the, 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 the baseline is for, for the people that are a part of the audience so you're not, not going back to sort of... 1.0 you know you you're actually talking about things in a different way but in some ways that actually um can be restricted in terms of what you're talking about there's this it's quite good having people like you have had um ask you a question when they come from a, a very different perspective yeah so i yeah i found it again really um fascinating to have it and interestingly though something that i did want to say when you were saying about the, the COP um, conference, because it's massive, isn't it? As you say, it's just huge. Yeah. And I bumped into um, Amy Baker, who's the CEO of the Pi News yeah, at, yeah. Um, at the conference as well. 
and we were we were musing on some of the uh, announcements that had recently come out from the government around some of the changes that are taking place, you know, to immigration laws, etc. But we were also talking about the size and scale of conferences, and we were saying about the the ENIC conference that it just seemed just sort of seemed to have got it about right as well. Mm. There were enough people that there, and there were a couple of different. Occasionally, there was a big plenary, but there were there were you know a few different things going on. There were enough people that it made it interesting, and you've got a, maybe a couple of hundred people there, and and so you, you know you you're seeking out new people to talk to. You've got a nice little exhibition in the the networking hall. You've got opportunities to network with people you don't know, but it wasn't so huge yeah. that there's so much going on that you think you know what I don't even know what I'm going to go to because. You know, there's just such a lot there. Now, sometimes it has to be like that, but we, and we were reflecting on the NAFSA conference oh, yeah, that yeah, there yeah. is in, in America. Yeah. And I was then thinking of the first time I went to what I think was the, bearing in mind this was 30 years ago now, so I'm, so I'm really having to delve back into my mind, but it was the, the sort of the, the applied linguistics, the, the, the TEFL conference that they used to have in, in America. And you, you used to... Then, because it was in a world before apps, mm-hmm. who knew, young people listening to this podcast, that there was a world before the internet and apps, but there was, where we had books and paper yeah. and stuff, and you get a massive Booklet big thing. Yeah. book for this, because there were, there were over 10,000 people at the conference. Now, actually now, yes, that's a lot, but you will have things where there are a lot more, then you know, you, you, you felt like you really did take over a whole part of a, a city and a town because it was just huge. But there was so much going on. And luckily, you used to get the book quite a way in advance because you'd spend... It was quite good that it was in America because you could spend the seven or eight hours flying there and the several hours yeah. that you were sitting there waiting for your plane, reading through, highlighting things and deciding what you were going to go and see. But I remember just being massively overwhelmed the first time I went there. I mean, it's fascinating. There was so much going on, but there was almost then too much. I mean, that's... There was so much going on that you couldn't yeah. choose, you know. I mean, that's something like between five and ten times the population of the village I grew up in. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's it's um, it's immense. Um, I mean, and that's why I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I'm, like you, I've been, to, I've been to big conferences and particularly, I think, different as you progress in your career because you know the more yes. the more i mean established is the wrong word but the more comfortable you are with this you you carve out a niche or you you already like as we said before you know people and you gravitate towards you know certain things early on in my career it was just overwhelming like you you it's not that you you don't feel that you've had an impact you you just you're just sort of hovering around the perimeter i mean it it's so big yeah. um uh, i mean cop i think is one of those ones which is so big it can actually feel small you know because you are yes. you're just not you're not engaging with the 90 percent you know and so the 10 percent that you are engaging with yeah. kind of feels like a regular conference um um yeah. um but no i i i mean I, I like the point you're making i mean i i the, the few conferences i've um been able to attend um you know it's not it's not that easy anymore to for me to be able to attend conferences but the few that i've been able to attend in the last year or two have been yeah that combination of 
like small smaller panels or in, interactive panels or or mm. or just diverse you know where you think i literally i don't understand half of the titles of the presentations in this session but i'm going yeah. i'm sure i'm going to learn something and i think that i think i've moved beyond wanting to sit in a big room and just listen to institutional presentations that, that yeah. in terms of the value of having gone anywhere or the money and the resources and you know the the carbon etc mm. etc et you know uh, but a conversation where you know i could sit and listen to say the panel that you've just describing and and listen to people actively think about things and yeah. not not know the answer and, but just and just share exactly their own yeah. thoughts yeah in in live time yeah for something that not and probably a little bit like you so we have been given a heads up in terms of the kind of some of the things that both ellen and living were going to talk about and and certainly with my so i had made oddly for me a few notes just to make sure that i had something to say not that i felt so chris i was ever going to you know be short of <laughs> saying a few words um but there were some things i did potentially want to capture but i went um our second off janet uh, in the initial little talk and she'd said some things though that I thought was they were really interesting and then I thought you know what I don't think I want to say these bits at the moment I want to say something completely different so I decided to do that mm. and there was that that freedom and, and actually that was great because that also is one of those things we've said haven't we that we missed yeah when we were only ever doing webinars or doing zoom calls or doing things where there was always that structure around it where you didn't have that opportunity to bounce ideas off people where you where we missed the networking sessions where you know that when when i went in to the conference because we we had what i think is the best slot in a conference is the one before lunch <laughs> yeah because particularly for chairing it and we can talk about this the next time when we talk about the uki conference but um, there's a certain amount of power, I think, having a session before lunch, particularly when there are closed doors behind people. Because, yeah. you know, if they're not paying attention or if they're not going to ask you questions, you can basically say, no one leaves this room. And you can, you can, you can smell the lunch coming through, guys. Yep. Unless, you know, you're... So, um, yeah. So, you know, I just, I, I just think that there's, um, that there's sort of a, um, a, a real... There's a real power in having that kind of discussion that we missed when we were just not face to face and I was chatting to people beforehand and had therefore worked out the kind of people that were in the audience and I thought you know what I was going to say I'm not sure is entirely well it, it, it might be interesting for people but I think I can make it a little bit more focused now yeah and I might find this comment a bit more interesting than that and and so you're thinking on your feet a little bit more, and you're being more. And I do think it engages the audience more, yeah. Because they don't know what you're going to say because you don't know what you're you going to say. Yeah. And there's an element of oh, I wonder what that person said. Yeah. And we actively, and I actively disagreed with Jeff at one point on it. And I think again that's quite good. Yeah. Because you don't always just want to hear people say their little bit and everyone goes oh well done yeah, and yeah. they all clap and everybody smiles. It's good to turn around and go actually fundamentally I disagree with what you've just said. Yeah. Um, but feel you know. But I'm sure you'll come back as well with 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 the comments, you know. So, and that's quite good because then you are actually watching yeah. a discussion and a debate and a debate. And I think at one point with something that Jeff said, I said I agree with you and I disagree with you at the same time because I'm in conflict myself yeah. with this whole idea. Yeah. You know, and and that I think that, and I suppose finally one because one thing I've really have noticed. In the last little while, and you've been to that for a few things as well, Chris, 
is that people seem to be being a bit more open mm. and honest yeah. and transparent about what they are thinking. People are sharing things more. I think people are sharing things more across our sector, certainly in the UK, you know, with developments. You know, you're much more likely to pick up the phone and talk to somebody. But I just think we've, we're probably still realising how much we missed that, this opportunity yeah. a few years ago. And so we're making the most of it. And, you know, that can't be a bad thing. Absolutely. Um, and it's, I think it's a reflection of, it's either reflected in or reflection of. I mean, all of our conversations in the last, whatever it's been, the last three years almost since we started regularly Zooming during COVID and all the stuff we've written and all the conversations I think we've had with people, the, the comfort level with the fact that there is not a right answer you know, and, and the, 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 the fun or the, the beauty or the poetry is, is literally in thinking about something. And the way that you can do that really well is listening to people who you disagree with or who have a different perspective. Because that's, that's the point. It's like, yeah, you, you can be on a panel yeah. and completely disagree with somebody and think, huh, that's interesting. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm yeah. necessarily going to change completely my opinion, but my perspective is going to alter and I'm going to think about something differently and you know you're talking about the the sustainability of higher education like if we do not reflect and we do not adapt and we do not you know think about community and identity and and serving the needs etc we're going to die as a sector but i mean the more that we the more that we engage with this and more that we have these conversations you know yeah let's 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 keep them going right it's it's i think it absolutely has to be a positive a positive thing yeah yeah, no, so I mean... And it makes it interesting and, and maybe for what we know will be a, a, a future podcast coming up, I think it makes it much more engaging for the audience. Yeah. But when you're hosting or chairing an entire conference, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it can make it just that bit more interesting. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, more on that. Yes, next soon. time. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, that's a nice cliffhanger. Um, yeah, so... Um, um, do tune in uh, next week for um, uh, <laughs> yeah the uh, the realities, challenges, opportunities, and frustrations of, of hosting uh, <laughs> uh, international conference events. Yeah, absolutely, um, and wonderful. Well, um, it's, I mean, it sounds like we both enjoyed our respective conferences and, and got you know got a lot Indeed. out of it. Got so, out of them. Yeah, yeah, um, wonderful. And then I look That's forward to to the next one when we. Uh, <laughs> we share some of our other experiences about being on the other side of uh, the conference um, line, I guess, right? In the man in the middle, yes. or the woman in the middle. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, absolutely. All we'll right, see. great. We'll talk to you again soon.